Welcome to episode 199 of the SD Podcast Show. Steven is here. Vin and Dan are on the other side. What's up, boys? Not much. Not much. Been a, hot, a lot of hot stuff talk this week. Uh, the Knicks played a good game against the Lakers on uh, Tuesday night. A lot of other fun stuff going on in New York sports, other than football. So that's good. Football's a very how, how are you doing, sport. Vin? Um, I survived my eight hours in a car. With the Yankee fan, the day after the uh, well, day and two days after the Yankees required Giancarlo Stanton. So you mean Mike Stanton? Yes, Mike Stanton. I'm unsta- I feel unstoppable. That I could I could survive anything at this point. <laughs> I literally, I'm, I kid you not. I opened the door. He picked me up. I opened the door, and he was playing. We are the champions. I was like, I'm just gonna stay here. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm not going. Never mind. Enjoy your time. <laughs> But you had a fun weekend in Boston, even though uh, the Islanders lost. And yeah. they no more road trips for you, sir. It's, yeah, man. Yeah, I think so, you're going to have to stay in Brooklyn for these uh, L's. Before, uh, the, before this year, I hadn't lost on a road trip. But I also figured out that all of the road trips I went to, which were Jersey twice and Boston, Stephen was sure. there. Jersey so I need... doesn't count. Jersey no, doesn't it does count. count. It does. It, count. No, it's, it's a road game. It counts. It's like going to the garden. It counts yeah. as a road game. Yeah. If, so, if it's a giant jet game and the Jets are home, it's a giant road game. Yeah, I so need you're... Steven to come with. It's out of the state. That's what I counted. It's out of the state. All right. All right. Fine. So Steven has to come with me in all my road games now. Is that that seems to be the case? Well, I guess Vin's paying for me to go away a lot. <clears throat> well, I'm not saying we're going to road games. I'm just saying if we go to road games. <laughs> we'll just stick to our baseball road games. Um, you mean our baseball home games in Binghamton? Yes. <laughs> or hopefully, when when are they moving the AAA team? Uh, this year, tweet. I thought. No, I think it's next year. I think they have one more year at Vegas. They have one more, oh, they have one more year in Vegas? I I where are sure. they going again? Big. Do we even know? Syracuse. Syracuse, yeah. It's basically down the block from where we go. So, we can so hit. What's better than Vegas? <laughs> we'll have to well, do to a Well, to be Binghamton fair, Vegas Syracuse. is a lot more exciting than it is. Than Binghamton, New York. That and another reason why Dom Smith gained 20 pounds in the season. Well, it's not his fault that there's nothing but all you can eat buffets in Vegas. What they need to do, or we need to do, is go to a Binghamton game on Saturday and then a Syracuse game on Sunday. On the way back. Maybe, maybe Friday and Sunday. We'll have to figure out which one's where. Yeah, I don't know which one's further. <laughs> but we will figure that out. Eventually we'll have to figure that out. So, yes, and the blog is up. Um, I know Vin's got a good article ready to go. But who knows what the Mets are actually going to do? Um, it's, I was so excited to write it too, and then nope, we're not trading Matt Harvey. God damn it! No, 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 no. He said he's part of the future, but they're still going to listen to offers. Well, they should just keep him, considering we do have a pitching-oriented uh, coach coming into the Wait, season. When you bring so. in a pitching-oriented coach, and in his introduction press conference, they ask him about Matt Harvey, and he says how he's really excited to work with him, you should keep the guy. Yeah. 
How do you know and he won't also, turn into the guy we want him? How do we know this guy won't turn him back into the guy he's supposed to be, or even like halfway to the guy that he's supposed to be? And then we yeah, sign him seriously. for a two to three year deal because he is a free agent at the end of the year and keep him around, and then he just keeps working his way back. These guys eventually going to work his way back. It's just yeah. how long is it going to take? And is the right guy around to help him do that job? <clears throat> Not only that, but his, he's at his absolute lowest. He's at rock bottom in terms of trade value. So what would be the point of giving that up if if he does come turn out to be a little bit better than what he was last year is a positive. So it doesn't make much sense. It, it seems like a common th- thing, I guess, people around him think he'll come back because the Rangers' assistant pitching coach is Dan Worthen. And the Rangers were one of the teams interested now, if they were going to trade him for, like, to the Orioles for, like, Brad Brock, I would have done that because that's a, a very good relief pitcher that could have helped. If it was, like, Jerks and Profar, no thank you. I don't know. The guy we should have traded for was today, Zane Kinsler, if they were going to make the move. Okay, wait, so that might not have happened. They went back like. now. This is the second so, time. Middle, middle of the day, it was, it was a met by the end of the day. It was everybody reported it was ha- it happened, and then Buster only was like, "Wait, no, it's not official yet. It didn't happen." So I know he has a no trade clause, and Angels are on it. So maybe there's an issue there, but so were the Mets. Well, Eric Hello. Carlson only has ten teams that he wants to go to anyway. These these beat writers are fighting each other. It was, yesterday it was everybody reported that uh, the Phillies were signing. Who was it? I think it was it was Reed. Yeah, the Phillies were signing Reed, and then no, they weren't signing Reed. It was they signed somebody else. I want to be that so, guy that know. goes to the winter meetings one year and just goes to like a group of reporters and be like, "Did you guys hear this rumor?" <laughs> <laughs> just be the guy that starts a rumor for everybody. How much fun you would should. that be? You just you see just Twitter blow there, up. Uncle Uncle Chaps of Barstool, before he went to Barstool, got the Olivier Vernon uh, rumor to the Jaguars, and everybody bit on it, remember? No. Well, he did. It was pretty funny. He, like, tweeted, and then Schefter, like, bit on it, and everybody bit on it, and then he went to the Giants, like, five hours later. So. Yeah, Vin, that's, that's our new goal. If we just show up in a suit with a briefcase and just be like, did you hear the Padres are trading for Justin Verlander? Hey, we have away, media passes. We do have... <laughs> all we have to do is paint over the Landon Collins part. No, we have the press passes we made for the show. For us. Oh, I forgot we made those. Um, I was we gotta, we'll use the lanyard from the Landon Collins one. <laughs> yeah. Make it look like we're legit. I, I don't think it'll be that hard. I feel like we could go to, like, every press conference. <laughs> like, yeah, look, we're right here. Like, the Mets don't have any security. I'll just, we'll just go hang out with Mark Rigg and be like, so? You know, you remember that up? one time you spoke to us on Twitter? It was there. <laughs> anyway, surprisingly, yeah. we got off topic. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly. So, snblog.com, <laughs> um, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud sndblog.com also you can listen to our shows now on um Sor- Sorasso and the Beard is kicking ass uh Weissman and Oz every week 
Um, Jay, I know, is working on some new stuff uh, coming out soon. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I believe that was everything. Um, with that being said, I think we have a pretty intriguing uh, lead off today, so let's get started. Leading off. Leading off. So, some interesting news um, with the uh, Ball family. Uh, as we all know, LeVar, the father, is insane. Um, I don't even know what the one in the pro's name is. Le-, Le something Ball is actually playing pretty well for the Lakers. I was pretty impressed watching him play. A little more impressed than I, I was expected. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't impressed that he wasn't the guy. He didn't seem like the guy in control. You know, if he's if he's that good, he should be the guy with the ball in his hand at all times, right? He he was able to move the ball well decently, but he can't shoot worth his life. And he had a couple of nice runs to the basket, which were decent. But for so a point of for someone to be forty seven percent from the foul line, uh, Listen, he's he still got a lot of growing so, up to do. Also, if and he remember, shoots yeah, like Sean Marion. But forty seven percent on the foul line is. Really, really bad. Especially That's like Dory Howard. I don't remember what Kyrie Irving was, but that his rookie year wasn't good. I think he was rookie of the year, but still, he just wasn't like a great player his rookie year. Still, yeah, he's gonna. I, I think. I think he has obviously a lot of growing up to do. He has his moments of being good. He had a decent game the other night, but for what his dad, the checks his dad's writing for him. Right, 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 right. But that's uh, that's a topic for another time. He's a topic for yeah. When when the oh, award season comes around, he'll be a topic. He'll be a better topic to talk about. It's actually his brothers, uh, Leangelo and D'Angelo. Is that their names? No, Lamelo. Uh, Lamelo and Leangelo. So, the two of them. So, which one's the college one? Which one's the? Uh, I don't Lamello even know the difference between either. the no. one. Is the Lamello youngest is one? Lamelo is the in high school. D'Angelo right. was the one that just got arrested in China for shoplift, uh, allegedly shoplifting uh, in China. Nice stores in China. So basically, all, everybody UCLA knows kicked him off the team. So Lavar's not big technic- mouth. No, no, no. They, let's get there. Let's get it right. They didn't kick him off the team. They just suspended him. Now and then, uh, Lavar took him out of UCLA and proceed, Steve. Okay, so. The father decided to rewrite a big check again because he loves to write these big checks that he's never going to be able to cash Um, and have both of his kids sign in Lithuania. First off, the college kid, fine, whatever. He's in college. He's over 18. It's he's fine. But to take a 15, 16 year old out of high school, there was um. What was it? I was watching an E60 the other day. It was a replay. It was a late at night replay of uh, Perzingis and how he was playing in Latvia, right? Is that where he's from, Danny? Yeah. Okay, so he was playing there, and he got this great offer from a, a Spanish league in Spain, uh, Spain league, um, one of the top leagues overseas. So, you know, he was going to get seen and, and all that stuff. When he moved there, he was 16 and had to go back to middle school. So that, like, right away, now you're going to basically take your son, and it's not like he's got to be pushed, you know. It's not like he can go there for a year and come and play in the NBA. The middle the middle one that was in UCLA, he can go overseas and come back after a year. This kid's got to stay overseas for three years. First off, they're not even there. They were at the Garden yesterday, both of them. 
So you're already slowing down the process. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, they do this in hockey a lot. Like, if you're going to send your kid to juniors, they usually go, like, 16, 17. But they're basically done with school at that point. You know, 15, 14, 15, you know, he's still, he's, like, just in high school. I feel like there should be stricter rules, in my personal opinion, especially for people under 18 to go from United States to play overseas just to speed up their eligibility. There should be some sort of... It's kind of like when how they're making kids go to college for at least one year now. I think it should be similar for people going overseas. What do you guys think? Um, I think it's really up to the parent and the, 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 the actual player to want to go that extra effort of going away if they think that's going to be better uh, more power to them but like it's completely different in juniors because you know the junior leagues are in the in Canada are going to be well structured and everything like that so you know you're going to have tutoring and everything else on top of playing hockey but I'm very skeptical with the balls going to uh, Lithuania um, from what I heard around obviously i wouldn't know what kind of league it is but from what i've heard from espn and all the other shows i've listened to this league is very very bad like there's going to be very little growth for them unless they completely dominate this league which they probably should if they're they're as good as everybody claims like you said like you said their dad keeps saying how great they are so here's your chance to go out there and dominate in a league that's very shitty, quote unquote. And apparently, they're bouncing checks left and right. That's what I heard. I don't know how true that is, but that's not. That's. I don't think Lavar has. Obviously, he has the best entrance into the kids, but sometimes he goes around around about way to make it look more about him than the actual kids. So I'm kind of nervous with that situation, especially with Lamelo. Excuse me, especially with Lamelo, who's supposedly better than the um, D'Angelo. So, Le- Le- yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamelo's apparently has a shot at being an NBA player, while Leangelo really didn't. Yeah, so it's really interesting to see. Couldn't they gotten a better offer from any better, uh, harder leagues? I obviously not. But um, it's going to be interesting, especially for these kids to be going to a different European country instead of chilling in L.A. and just doing their thing. Vin? So it is very interesting to see with that. Um, I, I'm not sure if the rules should be stricter. I think if you want to send your kid to, uh, you know, to an, another country to at 15 or 16 that's your own problem like personally you're not even close to done developing at that point and just taking them out of their surroundings and putting them in a different situation to me is not a smart idea but i in this specific situation we're like dan said uh, Lavar has been all about his kids and, and trying to make you know a better life for them, a better situation for them. To me, that process is done. Like he got Lonzo to be the second overall pick in the draft, which without his dad, I don't think he would have been the second overall pick in the draft. Well, no, he also had a good year with UCLA. 
So he had, a, he had a great year, but it got to the point where the Lakers like had to draft him. They had no other option. I, yeah, I no, honestly, definitely. I honestly don't think. I think he would have been like a top ten pick, but he wouldn't have been number two in my personal opinion. It seems like this is the weird thing. Watching the Nick game on Tuesday night. Sorry to interrupt. Like mm-hmm. you saw shades, he was able to penetrate really well, getting the ball to the right guy at the right time. But he's not there yet, and this is another thing of like we've been harping yeah, development. for the last. Development is terrible. Imagine if he played another year or two at UCLA, how much better of a player and product he would have been in two years. Maybe he would have been a first pick overall, and that's the scary well, thing. Right. Well, he can't shoot. You that's know. You know. You know. What's crazy is that you can actually look back at some like NBA players. Like look at Seth Curry's and. Like, look at his dad. His dad really wasn't that great of an NBA player. He had a good shot, and that was about it. LeVar Ball was like, wasn't he terrible? Didn't he, he didn't even get drafted. He was, no, he wasn't even in the NBA. He was just a terrible college player. He was a Jet. And he, he was a practice squad Jet for a while. He had a tight end, I believe. He he, he just, he was just a, uh, he's an ultra super dad and he, hockey dad. He, went, he played 26 games for Washington State. He averaged like Field goal percentage was .40. From the free time, 4.5. 2.3 rebounds isn't the worst. But yeah, he averaged two two points a game. A little 2.2 uh, a game. I, my whole point was um, he, through his, you know, all his nonsense that he went through, and, and his business decisions, whatever, got all three of his sons scholarships to a world-class college. And now he has taken that away from two of them. Yeah, well, like, blame it on LiAngelo for for right. messing that up. Right, LiAngelo screwed up, but he would, like you said, he was suspended. He wasn't kicked off the team. I'm sure they would have brought him back. And... Yeah. His scholarship probably would have stayed in LaMelo, like we said, is a better player than he is. They would have kept his scholarship, but he pulled him out of his private high school, and now he won't go to UCLA. So, to me, this is a dumb decision, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse with this guy. It's but, definitely a dumb decision, but there shouldn't be a rule. That's that's my right. ruling on that. Yes, I'm, so I'm you guys it. are saying leave it up to the parents. Leave, Leave it, it up, up to the parents, and if the kid is wanting to do it, if you know the kid's going to be, this is all the kid's ever wanted to be in his life, and you know for a fact that he's mature enough to go to a different country, and he, you're not going to be with him at every waking moment, that that's really where the parent has to come in and be a right. good parent. Well, I look at it like um, Austin Matthews didn't go to play in juniors. He played in Sweden. So one, he makes more money, and two, he plays in a, like in a more advanced league with like you know older people. If they want to do that, they want to say you know you want to make money through high school or college instead of being in high school. That's fine with me, but I, I I wouldn't you know, I don't think this particular one is a great decision. Well, with that being said, let's go. Uh, let's do a little more Division One Point One, and we will come back. Here. All right, welcome back. Now we're going to get into a little hot stove baseball. 
with uh, Matt Musico. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Yeah. Right, perfect. High five, in. Air high five <laughs> through the computer. Um, first things first, uh, the biggest news of the winter meetings. Uh, thoughts on Giancarlo Stanton. I'm sorry, Mike Stanton. I'm calling him Mike <laughs> to the Yankees. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call him that to his face, but uh, I mean, it's obviously really scary when you just think about what that lineup looks like with him in it. Uh, just the fact that, you know, I kind of, I like to look at lineups right in the middle and just kind of see like what that four, five, six uh, shot would look like and, or the three, four, five shot would look like. And seeing Stanton judge and Sanchez and some kind of permutation, whatever it may be, doesn't really matter. Uh, I, I think Aaron Boone is just kind of like, has an extra hop in his step every every single day. He remembers what his lineup looks like. Uh, it's just it's pretty incredible how quickly it all came together. Too. Just the the whole story that Staten talked about and his his agent talked about uh, on the day of the press conference is just pretty nuts. And obviously, it says a lot about the Marlins. But uh, yeah, it's that lineup is just is just scary. Catherine called the Red Sox the Golden State Warriors last winter, but. It's hard to not call the Yankees the Golden State Warriors this winter with what they're doing. And it's crazy to think that nobody's talking about, you know, the Yankees have a shortstop that batted 287 with 25 homers and 87 RBIs last year, too, in that lineup. <laughs> it was their cleanup hitter. Right. He it was, was the, the cleanup, cleanup hitter. Like, and nobody's talking about him right now. It's just crazy to think. Yeah, their, their lineup depth is, is incredible. Yeah, the craziest thing about it is who's going to play right field and who's going to how are they going to configure it out on the outfield and DH situation. That's, I think my favorite. That's part. the only that is the only question mark. And honestly, I'd rather deal with that than any other types of situations. Anyway, I do love so, how the day after the trade was announced, there was already articles about how the Yankees could fit Bryce Harper into their lineup. Also, <laughs> like, well, they're, no, they're going to try and fit Manny Machado in there. So, I mean, what the heck's the difference? Right? I mean, why but not we, just we, give him Machado and package the deal from the state uh, from Baltimore? You know, put Machado, pick, have yeah. him pick up um, Harper on the way, and the two of them just make the trip. <laughs> it, it, it is amazing, though, for what uh, Stan is, the caliber Stan is, and what the Yankees actually really only had to give up to get a player his caliber. And that's the scary thing. Like, I don't know how Major League Baseball let that happen, but it's going to be fun to watch the Yankees, obviously. It was fun to watch them last year, but this year coming up, it's going to be a nightly, oh, did they hit a home run? No, yes. It's just insane that three, four, and five hitter, the situation between the three of them potentially is just scary to think of. I said it the other day, it's going to be, I feel like fans are going to start standing outside Yankee Stadium waiting for balls to come over the wall like at Wrigley. (laughs) Just those two alone can easily hit it over the wall. That's definitely. Um, A lot of people are going to go to batting practice, that's for sure. And it's it's going to be crowded. That's that's probably more must-watch TV than maybe the games even on some nights. Think about it, Shake Shack. Yankees come to City Field, you stand by Shake Shack, you have to be worried about getting a ball hit to you. <laughs> yeah, especially in bat in practice. Now, my other my next question, um I guess we've seen this before, but what in the world 
is there anything the league can can do to stop the Marlins from doing this like every ten years? Because I, I, apparently they're they stopping can stop Christian Jeter Yelich. from buying the team. They're not trading Christian Yelich. Apparently he's off the board. Okay, great. So the one guy who had a bad year last year, that's the one you're keeping. Wonderful, great idea. I, I there has to be some way to like intervene. No. Well, I mean, you would think so. I, I think with the fact that. This was pretty much all part of their plan that they presented, I think, to the owners before the sale officially went through. So they knew that they were going to slash payroll uh, and do things this way, whereas the other ownership group that was in the running, I keep the name escaping right now, they were planning on actually, I think, investing into the team and kind of building it up a little bit from the outset because they really did have a pretty good core, and it's really disappointing to see it kind of all get dispersed like this just because – they didn't really have the starting pitching. That was really the, the biggest missing link here. But hopefully it's going to be, there are going to be a few lean years, obviously, for the Marlins uh, up in the near future here. But I think Major League Baseball is hoping that this is the last time this has to happen. I mean, if they didn't want it to happen again, though, they should have just, they, they had the opportunity to kind of block this from happening, not necessarily block it, but uh, at least kind of step in and say, look, this can't happen again. The same base has gone through too much, too many of these fire sales in recent years. It's just more and more of the same. So uh, I think it's just unfortunate that they let it get to this point already anyways. But I mean, now at this point, I mean, I don't even see what the reason is for holding on to the to Yelich. I saw some report that said they're going to go back and ask him if he wanted to stick around or not. Why would he want to stick around? I'd be like, yeah, get me out of here. You just traded away three or four of the, uh, the best players on the team and probably my good friends because two of his outfield mates. It's like, why would he want to stick around? I don't really understand that logic either. They're just, it seems like the, the new ownership group, especially with, with Jeter, which I'm really kind of surprised about, they're just kind of like tone deaf to some of like the PR and like the, the image and the optics. It's just uh, not, not what I expected from someone like Jeter who really was pretty careful with his image when he was a player. Right. And also the me- but the memes for Christian Yelich are like amazing right now. Like him standing in the fr- him on the Will Smith in the in the empty room. Yes, yes. It, it's just weird for a franchise that bad. They're apparently they were hemorrhaging money on top of it. So wouldn't you be a good business business person to understand that situation and not have to like they're they were literally a couple of pieces away for them to actually being a contending team. I think if they're winning games, I guess you can get that money back. But if you saw them be that strapped for money, why would you even want to be the owner, first of all? Uh, we'll ask you that, and then we'll transition to the Mets real quick. It's, it just doesn't make sense. It's just it's yeah, insane I mean, to me. It, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. But then again, I mean, there are only 30 opportunities to own a major. Oh, yeah, baseball absolutely. Team. absolutely. You I, know, I, I mean, there's that, there's that too. But I mean, uh, but then again, but to your point, I mean, what I don't understand either is that from what I've seen and what I've heard from other analysts in the industry is that uh, this ownership group overpaid by like two, three hundred, four hundred million dollars. Oh, my so God. Like, are you kidding me? You know, like, yeah. So, and I that's think part crazy. of it was because was because the league wanted to have you know the the faith of Jeter be associated with this team to help kind of bring maybe bring this organization back to life a little bit I guess eventually because they knew the kind of plan that they wanted to put in place but you know if they didn't overpay by that much maybe they wouldn't have to sell off all these assets right away to try and get themselves 
uh, out of all that debt so much. So, you know, obviously the appeal of owning any major league team doesn't really matter which team it is, is obviously very attractive, but you know, it's a, it's a really unfortunate situation for that fan base. I mean, obviously the fan base doesn't seem to be very dedicated just based off the, the attendance numbers and things like that. But you know, there's a lot of diehard Marlins fans that are really upset right now, and I would be upset too if you just traded away a guy like Stanton and a guy like Ozuna, who's, who both of them are off career years. I mean, what is there to watch? And it's kind of hard to not take Stanton's advice and just kind of watch from afar for a little bit, which I'm sure a lot of Mets fans are feeling the same way right now. Yeah, and that was the the other question. That would be nice. Re- they're, they're, rever- yeah, they're reverting back to the small – Small market style of uh, smile, uh, the small style of play uh, in free agency. Right now, we only got one reliever. Um, we're looking to trade for a second baseman, whether it's Kipnis, whether it's uh, Harrison from the Pirates, um, other situations. We all know that Ramirez is probably going to end up being our starting second baseman because that's how the bats operate. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to hate the idea, but if bringing Reyes back. But for him to be the starting second baseman, uh, I don't know. Uh, what, what, what do you think is going to really happen with the Mets uh, more as the days unfold of free agency? And what's going to happen? What are the Mets going to do to hopefully maybe find a way to contend for a wild card spot or maybe, God willing, a uh, division spot if all things work out? But... Uh, what, what, what do you see the Mets doing in the offseason, realistically? Well, realistically, I mean, we were kind of talking about it beforehand. Uh, you know, at the very at the outset of the offseason, we kind of heard those the rumblings from beat reporters and whatnot saying that they didn't really have a whole lot of money to spend. They had some, but not enough to really like make splashes like we were hoping that they would. And then all of a sudden, we were hearing, and it seemed like day after day, they're interested in that person, interested in this person, thinking about going after that guy. And it's, it's like you heard all those things, like this doesn't really add up. I mean, you need a lot of money for that kind of stuff. And now it's kind of reverted back to the initial reports. Uh, we're kind of missed out on Brian Shaw, missed out on Tommy Hunter. Uh, still got a reliever today, but, you know, there's still obviously more work to be done. Like you mentioned second base. It's kind of hard to envision them doing anything of significance. I mean, you know, I think Kinzer could have been an interesting, uh, an interesting trade piece because he was coming off of a down year, and it seemed like there were reasons to believe he could bounce back. But it seems like right now that he could be headed to the Angels, so that he's potentially out. Uh, Kipnis is another interesting one; has a Cleveland connection with Callaway, also coming off a down year. It seems like uh, the Indians could pro- probably afford to get rid of him because they have Jose Ramirez over at second base. But you know, at the same time. Olsen didn't really help himself at the beginning of the winter meeting saying that the farm system wasn't the greatest. So that's kind of a disadvantage for them. So I feel like he's just kind of like showing his cards right there. Uh, obviously, we know what kind of system that they have, but, you know, you don't want to just publicly say that. So it kind of doesn't really help you in trade uh, discussions with other teams. So it's kind of hard for me to see them doing anything significantly, which is frustrating because even though they had a 90 loss season last year, Obviously, the whole injury stuff, that seems to be a yearly issue with the Mets anyways. They're not really that far off. There's still a lot of pieces and a lot of uh, the guys, part of that nucle- nucleus that went to the World Series and then went back to the wildcard game the next year. So 
they're not too far off. And I think hopefully if maybe a couple of things go in their favor uh, with regard to the market, uh, they could make a couple of impact moves. But with the way that they've been whiffing on certain certain top uh, top priorities that we thought that they had, especially like mostly within the bullpen, because that was their main focus at the start, uh, it doesn't look good right now. Um, so he also mentioned, well, he mentioned two different versions of this. One day he said Harvey is available. Now we're hearing he's not available. So who really knows? But can you see Harvey being dealt before this season starts? I can see it happening. I don't think it's going to, though. Uh, just mostly because Callaway and Dave Island have both advocated to hold on to him. Uh, and since, obviously, Island's pitching coach, Callaway was a former pitching coach, uh, they see some things in him that they, they think that they'll be able to help kind of turn things around for him. I think the most, uh, the most encouraging part about Harvey is the fact that his, the raw stuff was there. I mean, he still had the velocity. He didn't really have a whole lot of command. Obviously, he was really terrible last year. Uh, but there are signs that, you know, it's, it, there's still something there. And there are other things that hopefully Callaway and Island can figure out and communicate with him. Uh, but I really don't think uh, he's going to be going anywhere just because his value is as low as it's ever been right now. And it doesn't really make sense to get rid of him right now. And if the Mets end up uh, out of the race again by next July and he's having a good year, then they could potentially – sell him off and actually get some kind of extract some kind of value from him before he becomes a free agent. Well, I was thinking like, you know, with his contract ending, he that's like the perfect thing for a team like Pitts like Pitts yeah, sorry, Pittsburgh, you know, the Pirates. And they do have like we mentioned before, a second baseman that would be really good for this team being a leadoff hitter. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thought. I mean you know, the Mets and Pirates did that a couple of years ago. They traded a pitcher to get a second baseman from the Pirates. So, uh, you know, this is kind of familiar territory for the two of them. I mean, when the rumor dropped from John Heyman about uh, the Mets talking to the, to, the, uh, to the Rangers about Profar, that intrigued me. I mean, I understand why a lot of people didn't like it, just because you don't want to sell low technically on, on Harvey, but you still could potentially get a second baseman maybe for the future. He's got three years of control left, I believe. Uh, he was a former top prospect, consensus top prospect in the league, and he's been blocked from getting consistent playing time in Texas. So we don't really know exactly what he's really capable of because if he's in the, in the lineup on a consistent basis, he's moving all around the diamond. So he's not really comfortable too. So uh, that potential trade proposal intrigued me, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be happening now. And I can understand why people don't want it to happen. They don't want to trade Harvey uh, for Profar just because of the fact that it's, there, it seems like they're selling low. But in any potential deal, they're going to be selling low uh, on Harvey. I mean, even the Harrison swap that you're talking about, like two, three years ago, if we said, oh, we could maybe get uh, Josh Harrison if we just give up Matt Harvey, that sounds ridiculous. But you know, that's just the, the way it is today right now. Yeah, like like I mentioned before in the intro, uh, before we had you on, it's it's just not a smart idea to get rid of Harvey because we do have a pitching style of a a manager now that is pitching oriented, and obviously a different voice could <clears throat> actually help him out and have another year healed up from his uh, injury that everybody was scared that it could be career ending. 
obviously he was going to have his uh, moments of uh, to bounce back last year. So it could only it could only help his value if he does pitch a little bit better in the first half, and the Mets are out of contention at the deadline. Maybe get a better value for that trade. So it's smart just to keep Harvey for right now. I I think it'd be dumb to trade him right now if you'd be if I'd be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, I think they've gone this far. They might as well see it through and see if they can get them to turn around. But, I mean, t- tell me if I'm just kind of reading into things too much, though, because, it, it, like, the last two years, so, like, once once Harvey, I guess really since that, uh, the Game 5 performance from the 2015 World Series, since that performance, I just feel like his demeanor on the mound is just completely different from what it used to be. He used to be this, like, fearless competitor, like, nothing phased him. He just went out there like a freaking bulldog and just kind of yeah, performed no matter what yeah yeah and like now especially this past year i mean obviously everything's playing with his head i mean as much as he's had physical struggles i'm sure it kind of tears him up in his mind anyways too so i'm sure he's always thinking about it but it just seems he's his demeanor on the mound is just much more timid and it's just not the matt harvey that we grew to love when he first came up and i think Obviously, there are physical issues and mechanical issues that probably need to be fixed, and that's what Callaway and company are going to try and help out uh, to fix. But I think a lot of it is mental, too, just because he's been kind of beaten into submission by these opposing hitters. He just can't really get, gain that edge that he used to have. Yeah, It sounds dumb, but, like, he, lo- you know, the, the after the World Series, uh, he like, he lost weight. He like he shaved. He cleaned himself up. Like I want the old, you know, tobacco chewing, bloody nose, <laughs> Matt Harvey. Like I want that guy back because I think he's got a beard now. So that's we got that right. going for us, right? Like I, like you said, that was like, he shut out the White Sox through ten innings with a bloody nose. Like that, I want that. That, that mentality back. Then and we were at a game where he got blown out by. Didn't he get blown up by the White Sox? The game that we were at. No, he pitched good against the White Sox. The game we were at. Oh, that's right, Memorial Day. Oh, Memorial Day, yes. Um, I, sw- switching from hot stove, I guess, a little bit, and going just to the, this upcoming season. <clears throat> my personal thought is, if they they have to add a, another bat, but let's say that they they bring Jay Bruce back, right? I'm just throwing that out there. What do you think of the the potential is for the to the Mets in 2018? I think I think they have the potential to be a playoff team. Maybe not necessarily to challenge the Nats at the top of the division because the Nats are a much more complete team, especially when you're looking over a 162 game sample. But I mean, I really don't see why they can't contend for a wild card spot. I mean, we saw what they were able to do in 2016 with a shell of the roster that they'll probably have at the start of this season. Uh, we're going to get a healthy Cespedes back, hopefully a, a fully healthy Syndergaard back as well to pair with DeGrom. And, uh, I mean, we can cross our fingers that the rest of the rotation will stay healthy as well, too, at least somewhat. <laughs> uh, but that's always a wild card. But, you know, if we have these guys on the field and they can stay on the field, which is always really the biggest if, and uh, you know, hopefully with some of the personnel changes that they made and, and some of the leadership positions, it'll be easier to keep them on the field uh, to be able to have that chance. Cause we can't expect them to contend for a playoff spot when half the team is on the disabled list. So they just, they have to be on the field to be able to realize that, that potential that they could have. Matt, who do you think's the first baseman next season? 
Well, I think it's going to be Dom Smith and probably a right-handed platoon partner. Uh, I really, really liked the idea of maybe going after Carlos Santana just because his skill set obviously fits what Samuel Olsen wants, and he's a very consistent uh, form of offense and also defense, which is pretty important. Um, and it seemed like – and this, this is one of those classic Samuel Olsen kind of flip-flopping. One day says one thing, one day says the other thing. Uh, you know, he didn't sound very high on, on Smith and maybe wanted to get him some more time in AAA. And now it seems like they're just looking for a platoon partner, kind of going through, well, who are the guys that they're looking at? Like Adam Lind, maybe Mitch Moreland. And I think recently they talk about uh, Napoli a little bit. So yeah, I think I heard they're going to be giving. Those are such meant names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think it'll probably be some kind of platoon. And hopefully, I mean, from what, I've seen from a couple of articles at least seems like Dom Smith is slimming down, kind of taking things seriously. And uh, hopefully the, uh, the cup of coffee that he had this past year through all the struggles, was kind of like a wake up, wake up call. Uh, so he can come back and kind of come back with a vengeance. That would be nice. Uh, well, it wasn't a great, um, it wasn't a great second half for him or uh, Rosario. I thought I, they showed me things that at least gave me hope. Like Rosario, there hasn't been much talk about getting a shortstop. Obviously, he I know he can handle himself defensively, and that and that you know, uh, Stephen and I were talking about this earlier. He was like second to last in the, the entire league of baseball of of uh, swing percentage. So like if he just gets any sense of a plate discipline, he'll be fine. And Smith, he hit seven <laughs> home run. He hit seven home runs. Last year, in what you know, the the two month and a half that he played for a guy that wasn't supposed to, you know, that was power was his issue. Apparently, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, are you confident in their abilities to become, you know, the the everyday all star players we thought they would be? Well, I think I think they definitely they definitely showed flashes. I do agree with you that it was nice to see uh, certain things from them, and you know they're they're both very young still, so we're going to see growing pains, and that's why I thought that getting them this time this past year to kind of get their feet wet was really really important. So this way they could see kind of what life is like in the big leagues, what certain things uh, pitchers do to them, so they know how to adjust, and you know kind of just that everyday grind of being in New York as well too. Uh, kind of will help them hit the ground running this upcoming year. Uh, I definitely, I definitely have hope that they can be every day like serviceable to above average players. Uh, but like you said, there are certain things that they'll have to fix before I can be can be convinced at least that, that they'll end up being like those all star type players. Like you mentioned the play discipline with Rosario, and that's obviously the biggest thing, and it, it, that comes with time too. So it may take a couple of years for him to kind of get things right in, in that that part of his game. I mean, how old is Rosario? He can't be more than 23, 24, or something like that. That's probably a little generous anyway. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to kind of find himself as a big leaguer. Same with Smith. So I think it's good that they're they're talented enough that their flashes will be enough to, to help the Mets out on a regular basis. And hopefully the rest of the roster will be strong enough where uh, they can kind of handle those growing pains and take them in stride. All right. So you mentioned Rosario, and Vin and I kind of had this conversation after about him the other day. I'm going to throw out a dream scenario, and I want to see if you're going to if you're willing to do it. 
Machado said <laughs> that he wants to move back to shortstop. If it's a sign and trade type of deal, would you trade Rosario and get if you're getting Machado as long as he agrees to sign like during the press conference, like the extension has to be signed? Uh, yo, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a reason. I, I mean, Rosario, is, is, it seems like he's going to be good, but we know, we already know Machado is really good. I mean, at the plate and in the field, too. So, And he can play short, he can play third. I mean, he's that kind of like dynamic hitter. Could you imagine having Machado and Cespedes like, right, right next to each other in the order? That would be, that would be wonderful. I've always been a, a, a Machado fan, so I would do that in a heartbeat. He, uh, you know, we have traded young prospect shortstops to the Orioles before and didn't work out too well in our favor. So, yeah. well, I don't think we have to worry about this because, you know, Machado is going to cost more than like 15 bucks. So, right. And also Machado is a lot younger than Mike Bordick. He, he may be willing to stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the book Matt is written. We bring him on to talk about the book a little bit. Uh, Sports Blogging 101. What made you write the book, Matt? Well, you know, I've been writing about sports and baseball for a little over six years now. And uh, uh, I've, I don't think my background, my like career trajectory has been necessarily been unique, but I think it's been uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I went to college and studied sport management because I love sports and I didn't really want to do anything else. Uh, but like probably a lot of other people, I either the, the two career choices that I had were either to be a pro ball player or to be a GM. So uh, I didn't have any writing uh, in my background until I just kind of randomly started a baseball blog uh, just to kind of keep myself out of trouble at nights and on the weekends. And uh, it kind of just, uh, you know, kind of did a lot of trial and error. I had no idea what I was doing when I started uh, and then just started to kind of gain a little momentum, got picked up by a couple of different sites like uh, like Fansided and Bleacher Report and Yahoo Sports, kind of continued to gain uh, a lot of uh, valuable knowledge and experience before I was able to turn into a full-time career, uh, which I'm really happy with. Uh, and, uh, you know, if everyone in the industry is always kind of asking people for, you know, tips and advice here and there. And uh, I, I would pretty, I would say pretty regularly get people uh, like aspiring sports writers uh, who want to break into the industry, just not really sure what to do. Just kind of like ask me for my opinion, uh, just for like some tips and some advice and things like that. And uh, after doing it for a few times, I just kind of thought, like, you know, why not put it into a book? Because it would be really helpful for people to kind of get that step-by-step process. And, you know, we see these kinds of books all the time. But the thing that I thought was missing that was, you know, getting started right at the ground floor. Like, you know, all right, what do I write about? How do I start the blog? How do I keep the momentum going? Uh, which I do here and there, kind of going all the all those beginning steps before you get towards what your ultimate dream is. So uh, that was really the motivation behind the book. And uh, I was really happy with how it came out. And uh, hopefully it has helped a few people to inspire them so that they can go ahead and kind of achieve their dream, whatever it may be, whether they want to do a complete career change like I did and get into it on a full-time basis or just kind of do something on the side for fun, uh, just because they like talking about sports and they want to share their opinion with other people. So, you know, we mentioned before, before we even came back on, you and you said you've noticed we actually started our own blog. So what would be the advice you would give to us for starting our own blog now that we're about five years into the podcast and just throwing a blog in there as an extra extra tool for us? Yeah, well, I think, I think you guys are at an advantage because you've been doing the podcasting stuff for so long. 
I personally think podcasting is uh, more difficult than uh, writing, starting a blog and kind of keeping that going because, you know, it takes a whole different kind of skill set. So I think you guys are already seasoned in the fact that you know what it takes to start a podcast and then have it be, end up being successful. Uh, I think the thing that the piece of advice that I give people the most and I'll give you guys is just the consistency. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, tons and tons of content every single day, but you know, just a constant stream of content because people are going to be coming back to your site for a reason and they want to be entertained. So it's just, it's really important to have a, uh, a steady stream of fresh content on there every day. You know, people take that as thinking, okay, I got to, you know, write about every single piece of news regarding my niche, whether, whether I'm just covering the Mets or covering MLB or NFL, whatever it may be. That's not really the case. You know, just, pick out the things that are interesting to you and put your unique spit on it. And that's, what's going to get people in the door uh, for lack of a better term. And they also keep them in the building as well too. keep them coming back to get your unique opinion because your voice is different from everyone else's and your opinion is different from everyone else's. And that's, what's going to set you apart from other blogs. Cause there are a lot of other blogs out there. Yeah. You mentioned us and uh, the advantage of the, bo- of the podcast thing. I remember Danny remembers, I'm sure too, when we started, I think we did like two episodes and then Hurricane Sandy hit like the following week. So now we're a month oh, without like basically getting another episode out there because neither of us had power or the opportunity to because we were just both trying to recover from what was going on in our area from Hurricane Sandy. But it was basically just, you know, two friends having fun. And, you know, we had been about permanently, what, a little over a year ago? Yeah, it was last year when I was sick. Right, yeah. so like it's all coming into. That's why we're kind of just increasing everything with the blog and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, I enjoy following you guys and listening to your podcast and, and reading the blogs and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if if you can make it through Hurricane Sandy and stay consistent, I mean, you know, there's really nothing nothing that you guys can accomplish. I don't think. Yeah, it's and it's also easy because everything's right in right at your fingertips now. Like in 2012 when we started, we didn't have like you couldn't have multiple Instagram accounts on your phone. You can have multiple Twitter accounts on your on your phone. You had to figure out different ways to have everything. Now everything's literally I can literally change something on the blog by just looking at my phone. And you could even type yeah. up an article on your phone right. if you really wanted to. So a lot of a lot of technology has change over the last five years so it's really been cool um learning the hardships and the ups and downs of all the situations so it's been really cool to see the process come to life i shall say um any other tips you would like to give us or anybody that would want to start out like how what you are doing uh, I would say probably the other most common thing that I tell people is that you got to be patient because, you know, especially if you're starting from scratch. I mean, you guys know from probably starting the podcast and, uh, you know, you're not going to start writing things and then a week or two, uh, things are just going to kind of blow up unless something unique happens. So, you know, it's, it sometimes can be a grind, uh, even when you are successful, uh, just the daily grind of being a writer or being some kind of content producer, uh, it can be difficult. But 
Uh, the and key is, like you, you guys said, just to have fun. As long as you're having fun and enjoying it, that passion is going to come through the writing, and that's going to help keep you going before you, you know, as you get to that tipping point. And then once, once you hit that tipping point, then the success is going to really start to come, and it's going to really help you build that momentum yourself to keep coming back and doing it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it, was, it would be even scarier if Steve and myself and Ben uh, re- been recently – we all have real jobs and obviously we'd love to do more with this, but as much as we're putting every effort into this, it's really rewarding to see what a little outcome we get out of it as well. So it, it, it really is a job number two for most of us. Uh, but it's really been fun to see, um, how hard our efforts have been towards it. So you're absolutely right with that. It's definitely been a fun thing to be doing. And also the coolest thing is now that we took our podcast and turned it into a channel, and also we have the blog, we were able to help out other people that are looking to get into it as well. Um, a couple of our friends, the Weissman Oz Show on our channel, uh, Weissman himself is doing broadcasting at, at Farmingdale on Long Island. So he's looking to get into it, but we're giving him that opportunity to do this little project on the side that him and his friend do to keep him going. And, you know, him and I talk all the time about it, and we just kind of motivate each other to keep going forward with everything. And, and Yeah, and that's what you need. That's what you need. Somebody's kind of that, that voice in your ear when you don't want to really do something, if you kind of feel in that grind, just someone to kind of just give you that little nudge to just say, hey, remember, remember how much you love this? It, it was kind of, I mean, for me, it was kind of cool last year. The, uh, the, the, uh, Joe, his video blew up about, you know, Rosario hit the home run off Chapman and the, and his video blew up that we have him on our channel. So then, you know, we, we interviewed him on the podcast and he posts all his stuff on our blog and all of a sudden they're talking about it on, on, on baseball tonight. And, you know, it was just, it, it was, you know, a, a, an interesting turn of events that kind of was, you know, it was a cool moment, at least for me, I thought. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we actually uh, brought him onto the blog, so we actually have a vlog section for him that he posts on all the time. So it's kind of cool to see like the interaction that we get through our social media just because of the things he posts as well. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So, how do people read the book? Oh, uh, we can go on Amazon. That's uh that's the the spot where it's at. So if you just go on Amazon and uh, type in sports blogging one hundred and one. Uh, it should be one of the first ones that pops up. So that's the, the spot where you can find it. And if, if anyone has any questions, I'm always on Twitter. So you can hit me up at mmusico8 uh, to find me there to either ask some questions about the book or sports blogging or we can chat a little baseball. All right. Awesome. Anything else you want to plug? Any articles coming out anytime soon? Uh, no, nothing nothing huge going on right now. I'm just trying to keep up with all the rumors with the winter meeting. So once that dies down a little bit, maybe I'll be able to do a little more uh, feature kind of stuff. Awesome, Matt. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. No, thanks for having me, guys. Thank I you. really have fun. Appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Definitely going to have you back on soon. Great. That sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. All right, welcome back to the SCD Podcast. You just listened to Across the Bear. Once again, uh, thank you for uh, tuning in, and thank you, Matt, for coming on and talking a little 
uh, Hot Stove Baseball and his uh, new book that came out recently about sports blogging and everything else. Seems interesting. If you're interested in that, I should recommend to take a look at it. Um, since I haven't really been watching hockey, might as well start off with the Knicks since I've been only watching the home games. Before we go to the Knicks, let's talk, about, let's talk about the team we don't talk about a little bit. The Nets. Nets made Nets, a big move. Yes. They did make a big move. Uh, they got Jaleel Okafor, so that makes the Nets trading the last year of getting the two t- uh, two of the top three picks of the draft a couple years ago. So with D'Angelo Russell and Jaleel Okafor, they have the pieces to build a better team that they've had. Do they do they have a Eastern Conference playoff team now? Um, we got to see how the maturity of Okafor is because we all know what happened his rookie year. Everybody gave him the keys to the Ferrari, and he crashed and burned and got a lot of issues off the off the court. So let's see what happens. Uh, he's, I'm sure he's going to be a little rusty because he was on the back burner between Simmons and uh, Embiid. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm, I'm going to say no. I know we talk about how bad the East is. The East is not like there's. I'm looking at the standings right now. There's six teams right now that I like: Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, Milwaukee, Washington, Philly are all like that's those are legitimate basketball teams. Yeah, they're all solid teams, respectable teams. I'm um, obviously at the end of the day, we all know that the Cavs are going to find a way. They've won ten in right. a row. But it is actually intriguing for the oh maybe if X someone gets hurt on so and so team maybe they uh, team can make a run at it if, unlikely but it could happen. LeBron obviously never gets hurt, but if like for right now Philly would play Cleveland in the first round, I don't think they would give him a run. But that's going to be a good series, I think. Because they would make it. They would make it like uh, uh, like they might have lose in five, but all ga- five games they would be in all five games, right. kind of thing. Right. I don't know about Indiana. I know they have a little depot, but that's really. I mean, they lost decent. the Thunder tonight as well. And Detroit is the eighth seed at the moment. Right, but the Knicks are like right on there too. They're like the three yeah. of them are tied for that seventh seed. But You're like really I was looking. telling you with the tailgate deal and I the other day, Steve, the the minute the Knicks have that long road trip, that they've been so fortunate that they've been on at home seems like almost every single night. Um, either Porzingis gets hurt or the Knicks have that long road trip and they don't know how to find a way to win on the road, and they don't have the Garden to back them up and cheer them on. It, it's it could go it, it's teetering either way with the Knicks, but honestly, they're a lot more watchable and they're fun to watch when all things go to plan. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, would I be disappointed if the Knicks don't make the playoffs? Obviously not, because what they were supposed to be this year, obviously, it was an improvement for all it's worth. Um. But it's interesting to see the East right now. Can the Nets? Of course they can, but I think they're still young enough. They're like the Knicks. Maybe give them another year or two, and they can be a force to reckon with, especially with D'Angelo Russell and Okafor now. That's that's huge. They, that's, they pretty much got two trades of two very highly prospected players. Obviously, they were top three picks not only three years ago, so they're still very young. 
The problem is they have no capital to trade at the moment. Of course. Well, I don't know when that... I think it ends next... Like, this is the last year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yes. Of the of the pick madness. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever end. I, Are the Knicks done giving away end. draft picks for Carmelo? <laughs> I don't... Maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're done. Yeah, they actually got one for the <laughs> second rounder, so... There's that. We got one in return. Hold on, I'm pinging up the Nets right now. Brooklyn. All right, the Brooklyn Nets in 2018 have the first round pick from Toronto. The first round pick. Uh, their first round pick went. They got the first round pick from Toronto uh, to Brooklyn protected selection. I don't know. What? I don't know. Anyway, they also have the second round pick from Indiana, a second round pick from either Orlando or LA, and a second round pick from the Knicks. So they have. Oh, that's in 2019. 2019, they have the second round pick. 2018, they also gave up their own first round pick to Cleveland because that was the pick they gave to Boston for. What's their names? Right. For the Kyrie. Right, right. That was the KG trade that turned into the Kyrie trade. They also gave up their second round pick to either Philly or Charlotte. A second round pick in 2019 to Orlando. And in 2020, second round pick to either Philly or Orlando. But they have Toronto's first in 2018, you're saying? Right. And Indiana's okay. second. Okay. So they have picks. It's just like that, that Toronto pick's going to be a, you know, a 20th ish pick. But. Right. And Knicks Knicks have, I forgot to mention. I forget to mention the the Knicks and Nets are playing each other in Brooklyn on Thursday night. So it's going to be interesting to see. This is actually going to be a watchable game, hopefully, and hopefully the crowd is going to be a little bit excited, juiced up for a little bit. Granted, it's going to be mostly Knicks fans, but it should be fun to watch. I'm just pumped because the Knicks actually don't have any extra first round picks, but they do have two second round picks, two extra, uh, one extra second round pick this year. And holy crap, they have their own That's first cool. round pick this year, too. Well, they've had a couple. <laughs> so, they're going to be in no man's land with if, if hopefully the way it plans out this season. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah. Like, Danny, like you mentioned, we talked about this at the tailgate. It's an extra four to five games. Right? Five at most, probably, for the Knicks. What? It's probably at most uh, uh, five extra games for the Knicks. Got to think they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Sure. Right. Okay. But uh, you're, getting, yeah. you're getting out in... Well, and I don't know if either of you heard, but... Um, what's his name? Who who shattered his leg in 20 directions opening night from Boston? Uh, Gordon Hayward. He's practicing. Like, apparently running in a gym already. That's impressive. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's going to be back by the playoffs, though. I I mean, the Celtics will beat the Knicks without Gordon Hayward. But, right, but to have him back in the second round. I just want somebody to beat the Cavs. And I honestly kind of want somebody to beat the Warriors. Like, I just want something different. Oh, yeah, definitely. But when we, when we get to the finals and it's not that matchup, we're all going to be disappointed. No, if it's like Vin, Milwaukee, we need, a, we need, we need Cavs, Warriors, 
on silent at Miller's and it being a blowout and us just being like, what is happening wait. right now? Okay, wait, back up, back up, back up. <laughs> so you're telling me if you and I go to Miller's watching a basketball game on silent and it's the Bucks and the Thunder in the finals and we don't know who anybody is, that's not going to be more fun? Excuse me, that you're not topping what happened last year in a game that no. a team won by 20 points. Okay, but we'll just be watching a game and it'd be like that guy's Greek and that's mellow and where and there's Russ and that's it. I don't know anybody else. Paul George. Yeah, okay, Paul George, Paul George too. But besides that, I just it'd be three on one and that's what I'd be watching. I'd be like, And who's the that white guy? Scored. Who's the white guy in Oakland? In OKC? Uh, who's um, Trump, Chandler Parsons? Oh no, Stevens. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. If it's more, a, guy, a bunch of people I don't know, like when the guy got thrown out of the courtside, but it was LeBron's friend or something, I, that was so bizarre. And I was afraid because Beckham was sitting right there. I, it was just so bizarre. Anyway, um, <laughs> on to hockey. The Rangers and the Islanders both lost tonight as we record. The Rangers lost to Ottawa. Yeah, the Rangers don't know how to not give up the first goal in the, the, of the game. They, they give up the first goal every single night, every time I seem to be watching. It's just like, all right, and then they find a way to come back, and they either find a way to win or they lose in overtime. So they're getting points, but it's not a recipe of success to keep on doing that on a nightly basis, though. No. And uh, the Islanders lost to Dallas. They can't seem to get a hold on Dallas for some reason. I don't know why. Um. Both teams are currently the last two wild card spots. It's going to be a, a battle to the end of the season with these six teams. With Columbus, Washington, Jersey, the two New York teams in Pittsburgh are going to be battling for those five playoff spots. Somebody will get left out. I mean, right now it's Pittsburgh because they play more games. But you got to also realize anybody. You got to also realize that right now the Devils are the three in the Metro. Right, and I, I you got to think my, they fall off. Correct. My gut instinct is they're the one that falls out, and the other five make the playoffs. But I don't know, man. They just keep winning. I, they I mean they got one of those way young to, teams that just they're, they're they just way to perform. score. Yeah, they playing seventeen way to score and nine. Goals. Yeah, no, the Devils are playing yeah. real right now, but the Islanders and the Rangers are three points behind them. So. How is Anything. this fair that Tampa's a plus 39 in gold differential? <laughs> oh, Tampa, well, see, this is the problem. <laughs> they the already person, have 100 points. The The person who finishes sixth in, I, I mean, out of the five, the person who finishes fifth is going to have to, like, the last few years we wanted to get out of our division's bracket. I don't want to get out of our division's bracket anymore. I don't want to go play Tampa again. I've seen that story once before. I'm good. We all know how that ends. I will go play Columbus seven times and just try not to get every shot blocked. Well, John Tortorella and, is not and doing Columbus and Columbus had a rough night last night. Yeah, he's the he's Oilers. Tortorella bailed on the press conference. The second place is Washington. The Islanders dominated Washington two nights ago. I, like I, we said, I don't think the thing with Jersey is they now like they added Sammy Votnin as a defenseman. They find a way to score goals. And they have, in, for my money, he's the best. Corey Schneider is the best goalie in the division, I think. I mean, but you got Bobrovsky, you got Hank, Matt Murray when he's healthy. I'll take Corey Schneider on, you know, on a hot streak but, over any of them. But the thing with the Devils is they're due for that hot streak, which every 
team has to go through, and their team is still very young and dumb. So right. it, they're very they're due for a very eh, slump I, any time. But if they're I, gonna keep pace, good for them. They obviously were the worst team in the league last year for getting the uh, first pick overall, but. They're reaping all the benefits of all the prospects that they've stored for the last couple of years. And just being able to watch them grow, they're actually fun to watch. I, I do think there's some regression coming with the Devils. I don't think they can keep this up. But personally. it's only natural. It's only But natural. you know what? Correct. And you Same know thing what? with the Islanders. They're regressing a little bit now, too. They've lost three or four. They're not scoring five goals every night. You, you know, know what? We said everybody's going gonna... to have a slow streak. We also said there was going to be regression out of Toronto last season. Look what happened. They almost missed the playoffs. Okay, but they almost missed the playoffs. At the very end of the season, they made it. Yeah, yeah. Last year, the Islanders had more wins than Toronto, but the but Toronto had more overtime losses, so they got they had the extra point. They made the playoffs. So, like, it's I think it's there that they're a young team who's going to take a step back a little bit, but they might have created enough of a cushion for themselves. That it won't matter. It's so close. Columbus has thirty nine points. The the Penguins have thirty five. So that's four points between the top six teams. It's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. This is insane. And everybody else stinks. Philly stinks. Philly has thirty one points. Okay, well maybe Philly doesn't stink. Well, they did have that long. They had that long losing streak, and now they won like five in a row. They have seven overtime losses. That's only a lot where, where that's coming from. Um, the Islanders are also going to be making line changes. It looks like, as per well, they weren't. as per Andy Waite said after the game that he's not enjoying the inconsistency of the Brock Hosang Bavillier line. It's okay, becoming so, a little bit of an issue. So you put Sazikis in the third line. You move Bavillier to the wing. There's your third line. And we call we call the Senators about Eric Carlson, and when they say seventy two and Bavillier, we just keep telling them twenty seven. You know, reverse psychology. Just eventually, we say seventy two, and they say twenty seven, and we say deal. I don't want to choose twenty seven. Why we're not trading Brock Nelson? Twenty nine. Sorry, twenty nine. I was gonna say. We, I was gonna trade. say. Why you want to trade Andrews Lee? Right. I don't want to trade Andrews Lee. Twenty nine. Uh, I mean. The Nationals are apparently looking at Jake Arrieta. Okay, great. Well, that's just wonderful. wonderful. And the Cubs my, are... Uh... Oh, and the Yankees are trading for Manny Machado and Zach Greinke. That's another thing. Well, Zach Greinke is a mental, uh, you know what, uh, oh, yeah, he'll really little fit person. In. He'll really so, fit in. Yeah, he, he even admitted that. So it's going to be that case. Him going to the Yankees would be a disaster waiting to happen. The first time he gets booed, it's just going to end well. Yeah, apparently the Nats are talking about. I hope the Nats get cranky so they all can just have mental breakdowns and they can fight each other. And oh, that'd be so that would much be fun. so much fun to watch. Like, just Worth is in the middle of trying to break up a fight between Harper and Granky because they're both just idiots. Oh man, that'd be so much fun. That would be glorious. Anyway, I think it's that time. Picks. Picks time. What does Mike wake say? Up after last week. What does Mike say, Danny? So, an uh, update on the standings. It's now know. Vin, me, Danny. He yeah, goes, I had a rough week. He goes, it's something about the league that plays for pay. 
taste for something yeah. like that. Friday's the last nonsense. show, right? Friday's the last show. That's crazy. Oh, he, did you see him? Um, he was on Good Morning Football, whatever, this morning on um, the NFL Network, and he was like, they were asking him about Magadon, and he's like, he tried to become Pat Riley, and then, yeah. and then his clothes didn't fit. He was at a press conference, and his suit didn't fit. And I was like, I completely forgot about the really big suit. <laughs> yeah, I died laughing today. <laughs> you, you had I, to I think that laughing. was all downhill from that moment on. Yeah, the really big suit. I died laughing today when a caller came called today, and he goes, Mike, so why haven't you never uh, recited the number like all the other guys do? Well, the phone always is on. I always lit up. I never had to do it. Like, okay, Mike. <laughs> the most Mike answer of all time. That's why it's I never like, had a He definitely does things where he's like, they're like, Mike, how do you turn your car on? I don't know. I never had to. It's just on when I get in it. Julio drives me around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to miss Julio. Julio, guy. His, his best shows. We're always like he bring. He, I remember he brought the kid in once, and the kid just one of his kids was just playing with the train. And the whole show, he was just talking to the kid about playing with the train for like an hour. And I was like, "This is riveting radio." I'm gonna call it right now. Friday, he's closing his show by telling where he's going, and that's when WFA uh, just shuts off because there won't yeah. be any reason to keep it on anymore. So where is he going? He's going to Mad Dog, right? You oh. gotta think he's getting a segment. It's getting a couple hours on Mad Dog Radio. Even Probably. if it's just Sunday mornings. I could see him That's doing a Sunday morning, three hours, once a Sunday, Sunday and Thursday morning, you know? Preview Sunday, recap, Thursday morning, recap the font the week before, and preview right. Thursday night. And then the occasional join Mad Dog for whenever they want. Right. But, I mean, if you think about it for him, like, if he does, like, 11 to 2, even... Like on the from his house, that'll be like a cinch for him. Like he's used to doing six hours every day, six days a week. It'll be nothing. Yeah, no, it's gonna be missed. I'm hoping to finish my article tomorrow. About thank you, and pretty much why we all wanted to do a podcast was pretty much because our dads and whoever drove us around that was listening to WFAN was Mike and the Mad Dog yelling at each other, screaming at each other, and part of the reason why we enjoy listening to Sports Talk Radio. So, uh, it's pretty much, he's going to be missed for WFAN WFN Airwaves, but I'm sure we'll be able to listen to him in Mm -hmm. different features. It's definitely not going to be the same. I really, I got into football by just listening to him and uh, Mad Dog like do their Monday recaps. I'm driving with my dad. Yeah, Listen, that, it was like, a, that's it, it was a staple driving to the Meadowlands listening to Francesca on Sunday mornings. Yeah. and it was so yeah, weird definitely. when my dad stopped doing it. It was like, all right, whatever. And we just listen. And to music. not even not even that. It's like one one oh five on a Monday or uh, on a Monday or any time there was a big sporting event in New York you when that actual play happened during the game you're like oh I can't wait for Mike to go off on this play or X Y and Z on that certain play or be happy about a play so it's it's gonna be weird not hearing him at 105 that next day um, but like, I'll never forget that. Remember that one rant? Remember when the Mets were still on WFAN when it was a day game? 
And was this his peak awful Terry Collins when it was in the deep rebuild? And he's like, I didn't get to do my radio show. Then watch this crap. They the whole they stink uh, rant. So it, we don't we're not gonna get that anymore. So other than the senile Joe B who just hates everybody um, right now and screaming and yelling about how much the Jets are a disaster and if Hubbles is the coach next year, he's gonna scream. So. My favorite Mike moment is still when the interview with Revis, when Revis hung up on him. Oh yeah, this is why no one wants to interview. It's so good. It was so good. Because I was listening to it. The whole Queenie Mary. Falling asleep. I wasn't sleeping. That was probably the greatest (laughs) gif of all time. It's just like, he's there, and I don't know where he's at. He went on for it, and then three days later, he was like, my wife was making me apologize. I'm just saying, this is what happened, okay? (laughs) Now he's going to be missed. His elf is gonna be messed. So yeah, that's for sure. Um, let's get into pick stuff. Um, what are we eating? Anything good? Oreos. Nice. Um, nice. I would also like to say for a record that I saw an NBC advertisement for the Thursday night game, and I thought it was the Sunday night game, and I was like, why didn't they switch the Broncos and Colts off of Sunday night? <laughs> No, that is the Thursday night that I no. will probably not be watching. I don't think anybody's going to be watching. Um, There's actually, really no we'll... intrigue to that game. I will tell you in a second if I'll be watching it. The Islanders are playing but... in Columbus. So mm-hmm. that'll be a blowout. No fantasy implications, doesn't look like. I guess I won't be watching it. With that being said, I'm taking the Colts as my sexy pick. I don't know why. I'm just being funny and random. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Wow, eh, I was being different. AKA the Colts are losing by 30 points. Well, none of I us did. thought the Broncos would win last week. I picked the Colts. They didn't look good. Win. The Jets legit did not show up. <laughs> I mean, uh, I still I like say- I basically take Brisket over or Trevor Simeon, so that's the way I looked at it. Yeah, there, I don't think there's any like chance, like any, there's any any question. And uh, I feel like Al Michaels may fall asleep calling this game. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Tariko does Thursday night. Yes. Um, who are you taking, Vin? I took the Colts. <sighs> All right, since they're at home, I'm going to go with the Colts on this game. Uh, first Saturday of the NFL season. Um, who would have thought the Saturday night game would be intriguing? Uh, Bears at Lions. That, that's a thriller. Um, <laughs> this is Lions the game everybody's board, right? gonna pick. Yeah, this is the game everybody's gonna pick the Lions. They're and gonna the Bears. screw this up. The Lions yeah, are gonna screw definitely. this up. This is this, this has Lions screw up written all over. One hundred percent. I kind of need him to screw this up, so yeah, I'm taking them anyway. Yeah, this is 100% a Lions screw up, and the Bears just steal away. Um, but I'm going Lions in a game with zero playoff implications, uh, which I thought would actually have some decent ones. Uh, Chargers, Chiefs in KC. I'm gonna go with KC at home just because they're at home. Was that a joke? What? The zero playoff implication? No, I'm looking at clinching scenarios. I didn't know if maybe, like... Oh. I don't know if they played each other earlier in the year. Maybe that could have 
been the difference in the division? Well, they're they're tied. Well, tied. They're tied for first place, but I don't know who has. I think did they play each other already? I don't know. I'm looking that up now. I'm still going with the Chiefs at home, just because. I the Chargers are on a roll, man. Yeah, Both the Chargers are Chargers. The Chiefs won. The Chiefs won week three. So basically, if the Chiefs win and they end up in a tie, the Chiefs win. This, right? If yeah. they win this, if they win this game, that's a two-game lead, basically. That's huge. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, they're just so red hot, and then I, and you just don't know what the Chiefs are gonna give. You saw in the in right the now. Jack game a couple weeks ago that the Chiefs were ready to start playing offense, and then they put up another 20 plus points last week. It's know. gonna be a shootout for sure. It's pretty much who's gonna have the ball last. Ben, who'd you take? Uh, I'm taking San Diego as my sexy pick because I think that's one of the bigger games of the week. You mean Los Angeles? That's a dollar. I'm five. sorry. That's I did it again. I'm taking the Chargers. Go Chargers, go. So in our first game with playoff implications, uh, the Houston Texans are going to Jacksonville, and Jacksonville clinches a, a playoff berth with a win. Just the playoff berth. Please. I'm going with Jacksonville. Go Jaguars. Here's, okay, so here's... It's going to be fun watching the Jaguars have a home playoff game, hopefully. I don't know if you got, if either of you watched the the Barstool Rundowns normally, but they made a point um, yesterday, which I thought was very good. If the Jacksonville Jaguars roster, if you just took everybody on the team and put them in Ravens uniforms, would they worry you in the AFC? Yes. Yes. Right. But the fact <laughs> that they're Jaguars, I don't care. I don't think about them. Like, it's Blake Bortles. And, What's the Jaguars? They, like, right. They legitimately can beat the Patriots if they weren't Jaguars. If they were, like, anybody else, I would be worried about them. But um, I really want to make the playoffs. Too. So the reason they can't clinch the division is that because Tennessee is a game behind them but has beaten them this year in the standings. Okay. So that's why it's no division. The Jaguars clinch a playoff berth, playoff berth with a win, or a tie and a Buffalo loss, a tie and a Baltimore loss, a Buffalo loss and Baltimore loss, a Baltimore loss, and the Kansas City and Charger game doesn't not end in a tie. The AFC wild card is a disaster at the moment. There are one, two, three, four, seven, and six teams for the second spot. Uh, it's Buffalo, Baltimore, um, and then the the two AFC West teams. That's oh, and by the way, also with this game, if the Jaguars lose and Pittsburgh ends up winning, Pittsburgh will home- clinch home field throughout. Oh, uh, well, they're not going to win, but <laughs> good for them. I'm just saying, Pittsburgh gets home field throughout if they win and the Jaguars lose. Um, I've seen they get a story They get a bye before. with a win, so there's that. I have seen this Patriot-Steelers story before. There's no way they win that game. Shock that game was a move to 8 o'clock. Oh, he the Steelers were last week. All right, next game is Baltimore at Cleveland. <laughs> I'm going Baltimore. Man. I want Cle- Cleveland's winning a game, right? Like, No. You hope so. If they you didn't got, you got, be- What was the year the Lions went undefeated? Uh, didn't win a game? Uh, I don't know. Like 2011, 2008, yeah, 2008, 2012, 2008. It was because Stafford got drafted in 09. So 2008, they went 
0-16, and that team's got champagne on ice, like the Dolphins team usually does. Ready to go for the Browns to win the game, but it won't be this one. They, they had the Packers dead to right, <laughs> and then they dropped the pass on third down, and then they couldn't stop Brett Hundley. The best then... part of that game was LeBron's tweets. Oh, I wasn't paying attention to LeBron's tweets. LeBron was like, come on, just one stop. And then he had like that like straight face with the closed eyes and the straight mouth emoji. <clears throat> like, yep, that, that's us. Which, what was fun was after the game, uh, Josh Gordon got back to his old ways. And that was basically threw his old team under the bus. They, uh, well, somebody he, he doesn't like it there. He wanted that. Well, he's been getting suspended, so they cut him, and they just never cut him. <laughs> they, I, I have to find the exact tweets, but it was like um, somebody tweeted at him or at Demarius Randall, the pat corner for the Packers, and uh, when Randall covered. Gordon, he only had one catch for, uh, I think it was one catch for like 10 yards, something like that. Anyway, so then Gordon says something that says, uh, like, it was, dude, like, even with the, the disadvantages that comes with being on our team, this guy can't hold my jock. And it was like, you basically just said your quarterback's terrible. And that you're everybody's awful. So appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So Cleveland's schedule rest of the year is home against Baltimore, in Chicago, and in Pittsburgh. So basically, their only shot is that last week of the season because Pittsburgh won't play anybody. No, they can beat Chicago. Can they? I think. Think so. Alright, we'll worry about that game next week. The welcoming back of Aaron Rodgers going to Carolina. Uh, I'm going with Mr. Rodgers. He's gonna it's gonna be one of those slow games and then he's gonna pull it out at the end like he always does. This is it. This is the game. You have to win this game. Well they have to win every game. And but this is a this is I guess no they're all important but this has implications because the Panthers are one of the teams that they have to chase this there's a 2010 type run in this team the only team I was worried about with the Philly with Philly has no quarterback I, the only team in the NFC that worries me to be completely honest is the Falcons because we can't beat the Falcons for some reason everybody else I'll go so with who's the, winning this New week? Orleans. For what the Packers? Packers, Packers, Packers winning. Danny. Packers. I I just said it. Aaron Rodgers is gonna have a little slow start, but he's gonna find a way to pull it out like he always does. The problem is, uh, we're probably not gonna make the playoffs because there's too. It's too much. Yeah. You're winning the division. Relax. No, that would be. The Vikings are losing out, and you're gonna end up winning the division and get a bye week. No, please no. The Vikings have been very good story this year. That'd well, be disappointing. I don't the know problem. How... This isn't supposed to work. They're not supposed. The Vikings are not supposed to be that team to be the first team to play a, play in their own stadium in the Super Bowl. 
I don't know what the second tiebreaker is, but I know the Vikings beat us already. So, Maybe even if they lose the out. Second, next one, I think, is division record, maybe? Which, I guess, they, if they lost out, we would have it. Okay. No, we, I think it would be even. No, if they lost out, we'd have it. Okay. So that's why they haven't clinched yet. That makes sense. Um, they can, though, this week. Clinch the North with a win. Yeah, because we have the Lions and, and the Packers both have six losses. So if they get to 11 wins, there. That's it. Done. Right. <clears throat> they could also clinch a playoff berth this week, but that's a different and and they're playing somebody bad, right? So the next game, we'll get to them. The Dolphins. Okay, can Jay them. Cutler go two weeks in a row playing well? And it's official. No. The, the the Dolphins have to go back to their old school jerseys. I don't care what they say. Time <laughs> yeah, to get rid of the tram stamp. Time to get rid of the tram stamp on the helmet and go back to the originals. Did you guys um, see the guy, the the uni guy, his article? And how it, it was called, everybody agrees, Dolphins won because of their jerseys. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. I'm just saying, those are their best jerseys. Um, I'm, I took the Bills. I took the Dolphins. I'm going to regret it, but I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Bills at home. I, yeah, I don't trust uh, Peterman. Crap, I forgot Tyrod got hurt. And they had the they had uh the snowstorm that helped them out. That was so much fun to watch. Um alright, so the Bengals are going to Minnesota. Okay, well the Vikings are gonna clinch a division. The <laughs> yeah, the Vikings are clinched. <laughs> or the Vik the Bengals Somehow there's gonna be a ginger eight. curse yep. going on in in Minnesota. <laughs> Bengals win out 8-8. Eight and eight. Marvin Lewis saves his job, and we continue down the road. <laughs> I'm calling it now Baker Mayfield to Cincinnati in the draft. Listen, I, I'm, I think I, I think I'm higher on them on Baker Mayfield. Most people just say I'm high on Dell. That kid's got it. That kid has a cannon. He's a better Johnny Football. He's he's a shorter Brett Favre. Basically, yeah. All right, uh, Cardinals at Redskins. Go on, Redskins. I think I took the Cardinals. I think I'm going to go with a tie in this game. Because <laughs> neither team deserves to win this game. These are two teams that should be play fighting for playoff spots. What team will Carson... Carson... <laughs> Kirk Cousins be on next year. Arizona. You think? Would you if you if Arizona called you and said we're gonna pay you a lot of money to come throw the ball to Larry Fitzgerald? No, because Larry Fitzgerald's got what a year? Year left? Well, they they maybe? signed him for the year just in case if he wants to play because he's still undecided. I I I think their window is. Uh, is it's closed. I you wouldn't want to play to... with the greatest 2008 offense of all time? Adrian Peterson no. and... I, I think it's time to... Well, I mean, David I Johnson... I think it's time to clean up Arizona. I think, I think Arians is... I think, I think it's time to get Arians out of there. I think it's time to draft a quarterback. Because if the pieces are there, the defense is still there. And like we, uh, David Johnson 
Listen, but I mean, I think it's time to clean the house. Um, I'm gonna go Washington for that game too. Um, the Eagles at Giants. Before we pick this game, I saw an interesting oh question on social media. Despite the injury, is Carson Wentz still an MVP candidate? No. Yeah, but he obviously won't. I mean, I guess he's a candidate, but he's not going to win. He leads the league in every in touchdowns. Uh, I think yards, too. Top three, at least, he knows. If the Seahawks don't miss the playoffs, um, Russell Wilson's going to win. it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So who's winning the Eagle Giant game? Very intriguing game. Mm-hmm. Eagles. Eagles have more... More of a Nick, talented team, obviously. Nick Foles. Even though Nick Foles is starting, but he he can get it going. They they have enough weapons. They have enough running game that they can kill the Giants on. Zach Ertz is going to come back this week from concussion protocol. They have Alshon Jeffrey. They have Aguilar. They have Torrey Smith. They have they have enough weapons on offense that Nick Foles just has to manage the game which we've seen him do before so it, it could be done and obviously the Giants are not really a real test for them so Eagles well they haven't really beaten anybody but that's a real test yeah I'm going Eagles uh, I'm gonna yeah I'll definitely go with the Eagles but yeah you could have a worse backup quarterback than Nick Foles he's, he's yeah you know it's not he awful. literally did the same thing that Matt Flynn did he went he took a vacation somewhere and came back yeah. <laughs> it's literally what he did. I think he went there. Didn't he go to Arizona? No. Yeah, that's, I don't know. No, Foles went to... I think he went he to... Went to uh, he went to the Rams in the yeah. Bradford deal, and then that was it, right? Yeah, that was it, and then he came back. Yeah, that was it. That was a can... dumb trade. That was a dumb trade when that happened. I feel like both Dan, teams did you listen to part of my day yet? Say again? He was also in Kansas yet? City, by the way. Foles went to Kansas City for Oh, yeah, that's right. For three, three games. I forgot about that. Uh, bits and pieces of it. I, watched, I, heard, I heard the Jeff Garcia interview. It was pretty good. No, yeah, the Jeff Garcia interview I found interesting when he was saying they wouldn't. It was with the. Was it with the Browns? No, it was with the Rams. He was with Fisher. And yeah, they wouldn't Fisher, let him yeah. coach the quarterbacks. I heard that pretty interesting. Um. The Eagles clinch a bye with a win, and they clinch home field throughout with a win and a Bengals win. That could happen. Maybe not the whole second part, but the first part, obviously. Right. They should be able to clinch. They'll definitely end up with a a bye after this week. Uh, Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, Jets at Saints. I'm going with the Saints at home. Yeah, Saints at home. The Jets are with Bryce Petty as starting quarterback. Uh, that's a scary thought. So we're doing this again. We're going see... to see if Bryce Petty is good enough so that we could draft the quarterback in the first in the third round again next year. Well, with his history of being so brittle, we might actually see Christian Hackenberg before the season's out. Definitely the Saints, but but um, I don't know. I feel like the Jets always do the Saints' problems. Um, let's see, what else we got here? I think that's all the 1 o'clock games. That's all the 1 o'clock games. 
surprisingly a 4-0-5 game. Rams at Seahawks. Now, the Rams could clinch a playoff berth with a win, a Detroit loss, a Green Bay loss, a New Orleans loss, and a Atlanta loss. Okay, that's well, a that's lot of losses. <laughs> also, the the Lions and Packers could both tie. By the way, it'll help them. Which is very possible because you know that's just what we do. But yeah, I'm thinking the Rams in this game mainly because I need the Seahawks to lose. Taking the Seahawks because <clears throat> it's going to be another test for the Rams to play in Seattle. Russell Wilson's gonna find a way to pull Russell Russell Wilson magic. It, it's sorry, Vin, but it's that it's December. The Rams don't. The Seahawks don't lose this time of the year. Um, just they looked like poopy McPoopy pants last week until yes, like did. the half until like the second half. Until Russell the, Wilson decided to take right. over. Exactly. Um. For whatever reason, at 425, the Titans and 49ers. Well, that's just because the 49ers, it's a home game for the 49ers. Yeah, but so, why isn't that at 405 and have the Rams Seahawks at 425? Eh, whatever. Because... We're not getting up- that game anyway, so it doesn't matter. Because they're planning for the upset of the year. Jimmy no. Garoppolo, 2-0. Wow, he's doing it. I'm taking the Titans, but still Jimmy Garoppolo is 2-0. Yeah. Remember that time they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and said they weren't going to play him to protect that draft pick? Oh, my God. That, <laughs> he's going to get such a big contract. That guy's 5-1 and one in his life now. He's going to get such a big-ass contract right now. Oh, yeah. Where does he end up? He's staying. I don't, I don't, I don't think, feel, I don't think you could let him trade. leave. Why would you yeah. trade a second-round no, pick for a guy you're going to yeah, let he's, leave? He's staying. You can't. You, can't, you got to make him. You got to keep him. Um, alright, so Titans across the game board. Game of the right week. Then. Yes, game Patriots, of the week. Patriots, Steelers. Uh, the Pats can clinch. <coughs> we already talked about what Pittsburgh could do. Pittsburgh clinches home field throughout with the win and a Jaguar loss. Clinches first round wide with a win. Patriots clinch the division with a win or a Buffalo loss. And they clinch a playoff berth with a, with a Baltimore loss. Alright, so... Um, I'm going Patriots. I, I, if I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I'd be so mad that they lost last week to the Dolphins because you know they don't very, very rarely lose two in a row. So obviously I'm going with low of averages with that, and I'm going Patriots. Let's just look at the Bill Belichick press conference after the game. That's how you know they're winning this week. He didn't say anything. He just stood there and stared and breathed. <laughs> he never said anything. <laughs> It's like trying to get a hockey injury out of a ho- hockey coach. You, <laughs> Brady is seven and nine in Miami in his life. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Extremely surprising. It's the but only place that gives him hard. I don't. Like I said earlier, we've seen this show before. The Patriots just beat the Steelers every time they play them, and without Shazier, I don't see the Steelers winning this game. Ugh. Oh yeah, Pittsburgh uh, Patriots win. Um. A game that should have been a lot better. Cowboys at Raiders for Sunday Night Football. I think the the Cowboys are going to keep things interesting and hold on to their life for our last playoff grasp. Um, You said the Cowboys are going to win, Danny? 
Yeah, the Cowboys. How many more games until Zeke comes back? This is it, right? Uh, I don't remember. I think this could be the last one. So it's interesting. The Cowboys do have a nice end of the season. They have destiny on their side. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys because I think they'll win, but I kind of want the Raiders. I need the Raiders to win, unfortunately. You need a lot of teams to win, then. That's what I'm saying. Like, I need... It's really not extremely complicated because the Packers... Like, I, like to this week, they're playing the, the Panthers. And then I think the Seahawks and the Falcons play each other next week. But, like, the teams are playing each other. It's not out of the question. No, the Panthers and Falcons are playing each other. So it's not, like... It's improbable, but it's not... Insane. It looks like so. November 9th was the game that he got. It was when it was made official. Right. So he he'll be back next week against the Falcons. No. Yeah. Next week against the Falcons. And that's gonna be huge. No, I mean the against Seahawks. The Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. They got Seahawks uh, at home, and then in Philly in a meaningless game. So they could very well go three and zero. Very possible. But the Packers have a tiebreaker with them, so I really don't have to worry about it. Um, Alright, so wait. Danny took who? Cowboy. We all took Dallas. Alright. Well, uh, at least us too. I'm going to go with Dallas too. Um, figure. Falcons, Buccaneers, Monday night. I mean, I don't even have to say it. I know I need the Falcons to lose, but the Falcons are going to win. I mean, that's not even. Eat a W. Jameis. I love how they use that video to announce that they're They got eliminated. Yeah, whatever website did that, good job by them. Never watching Hard Knocks again in my life. Liar. Yeah. It's, I am a complete liar. You are but lying, just, yeah. but I am going to say I'm not rooting for the team on Hard Knocks next season. Ever again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am done getting sucked in. You say that now. Nope, right. Danny, I'm done. You know what's going to happen? The, they, Dolphins they, are gonna, the Dolphins are going to be on Hard No, wait, the Dolphins were on a couple years ago. When they put the Vikings the, are going to be on Hard Oh, no, they're going to be a playoff team. They can't. When, you, when they put the... Houston Texans, they did it already. Damn it. Jaguars, choices are limited. Jaguars next season. They'll be, they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in the playoffs. Wow. When they put the Kirk Cousins-led Cardinals... No. On... New coach. They'll have a new head coach. When they have the <laughs> when they put the Kirk Cousins list, Redskins, on Hard Knocks, I will not get sucked in. I promise. Chargers. No. Chargers Excuse are going to just miss the no. playoffs. We're going to talk about how they have never nope. have... They have no home fans. It's going to be the Niners. Yeah. Second year, so it's not a new head coach. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to be the Niners, no doubt. Oh, it really well could be. It should be Tennessee. I think if they miss the playoffs, and the head coach is still there, it should be Tennessee. Uh, possibility. I don't know why we're having this conversation. Why are we right having now? our nice conversation right now? Yeah. <laughs> 
a lot of like the Jets are an option and the Bengals. But the are Jets an were on it like four years ago. Like there aren't a lot of options to be completely honest. The Giants are going to have a new head coach, so they can't do it. Right. The Colts, if the Pagano stays, they're no. going to have to overlap. So Pagano's yep. not staying. I don't think so either. The Lions maybe. Or the Bears? Well, I was going to say Houston, but they were on it a couple of years ago, right? The, Bear, the Bears are going to have a new head coach because John Fox is probably getting fired. The Lions okay. are reconsidering Caldwell, so they're out. You know who it okay. could be. You know who it's going to be. There's a 7-6 the team getting a quarterback back this week. The who, Green Bay Packers. Who yep. may <laughs> possibly just miss out on the playoffs. I and now you're not going to be able to root for them next year because I, you just said you're not rooting for the team on Hard Knocks. <laughs> The Packers on Hard Knocks. I would absolutely love it. <laughs> that would be the most boring Hard Knocks of all time. They're just going to talk about how they ride bikes to practice every day. Oh, you're right. It's going to be a lot of... Oh, there's going to be so many bikes. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> the kids are going to end up more famous than the players. It's very possible. <laughs> so, with that being said, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for social media, iTunes, Google Play... SoundCloud, Stitcher, all their podcast apps, smdblog.com, of course. This was episode 199. We're working on the guest list for episode 200. We will be recording that next week, right before Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to everybody. Um, thank you again to Matt uh, for joining us today. We're definitely going to have him on a lot more during baseball season next year. It's always a good time when we have him on with us. Uh, any final thoughts, boys? No. Enjoy your football and have a good weekend. Happy Hanukkah to all those uh, Jews out there. Go, Pack, go. I can't wait to watch them on Hard Knocks next year. Uh, listen, I'm a little yeah. excited. You got, you got me pumped now, to be honest. This is my podcast to share. I'm trying to find